Hi, I'm Samir Lakani, and this is Phase 2, a podcast about quitting my job in corporate America to find more fulfilling work. Last episode, we hit the road starting in Minnesota and traveled through the Badlands and Black Hills in South Dakota and into Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. Along the way, we encountered bikers, bears, bison, and some bliss on the beaches of Jackson Lake. This episode, we'll continue our journey through Idaho and Oregon en route to our home in Seattle, Washington. So far, I haven't told my six and eight-year-old kids about my unhappiness at work or about quitting my job. I'm not exactly sure why. I tell myself it's because I don't want to worry them about it. Kids should be thinking about baseball games and Lego blocks, not financial stresses and self-fulfillment. Between griping about COVID, social distancing, and the current political situation, we've already put so much more on them than I had to deal with as a kid. But I think that there's a deeper reason for not telling them. A kind of shame for not having figured it all out by now. A clear career path and my value in the world. I have this desire to want to have figured out an actual revenue plan before I do tell them about it, so that when they ask the question, Daddy, what are we going to do? I can answer with certainty instead of a shrug. Despite me not telling them anything, they somehow picked up signals. Listen to my six-year-old daughter, Lena, talking to her, quote, boss on the hotel telephone in Casper, Wyoming. I want to quit now and everybody I'm quitting this job. I quit. That was a bad call with my boss. What happened? Hello? Again? Why are you on the phone again with me? I know I called you one time, but you don't have to call me another time. Tell her you're on a family vacation. Sheesh. On a family vacation, so I don't want you to interrupt again. Goodbye. Super boundaries, you know. You gotta, you gotta set some boundaries. <laughs> Well, it's a pretty funny clip, there's also something sad about it. The environment parents create for their kids, conscious or not, significantly shapes them into who they'll become. My own parents had many anxieties about income stability, car accidents, religious persecution, that were likely formed from the trauma in their lives and led to risk aversion. They unwittingly passed some of those anxieties onto my sister and I. I don't want to pass on negative feelings about work or feelings of dissatisfaction with my life onto my kids. Being a positive role model of mental health for them is perhaps the most important reason for me to hit the reset button now. After a few days of marginally roughing it in the Tetons, we were ready for a little civilization. We stopped in Jackson, Wyoming, right outside of the park to do one of my favorite activities, have lattes and pastries on the porch of the bakery while playing cards with our kids. Our kids are old enough to play interesting games like hearts and be competitive. Our eight-year-old Kai in particular can crush you if you're not careful. Playing board games and card games is one of the ways that we connect with our kids. There are many things you can learn about life through games, which we've tried to teach our kids. Taking calculated risks, strategic thinking, identifying opportunities, creating partnerships, how luck plays a role in your circumstances and how you need to make the best of the hand you've been dealt rather than wish you'd had a different hand. And maybe there's a lesson I'm currently learning about knowing when it's time to find a new game when you're losing the game you're currently in. Next stop was Boise, Idaho, where we went to the outdoor Freak Alley Gallery, which are a collection of street art murals by local artists. 
Humans create meaning wherever they go to fit whatever it is they're looking for. The first image I noticed walking through the gallery was a man strapped to what looked like a dentist chair, staring at three screens displaying nuclear mushroom clouds. Robotic arms spoon-fed that man sludge. Wires connected from his brain led to factories labeled Facebook and Twitter. Those factories are powering the images on his screen. That is some heavy shit. I think I might be the man in the chair being conditioned by the consumer industrial complex. Or maybe I'm the complex. I did work at Facebook after all. Or maybe this is just street art. Hello. Right now we are at, we are sitting at America's deepest lake, Crater Lake, with a depth at, of about 7,000 feet. Crater Lake, Oregon formed when a supervolcano erupted 7,000 years ago and lava sealed the remaining crater. Rainwater collected over thousands of years and created the deepest lake in the U.S. We hiked down 1,000 feet from the crater's edge to the lake, which was pretty intense. There were signs every 100 feet warning us not to stop because of potential falling rocks. Just like society tells you, keep moving on the career treadmill because if you stop to think, you could get hit by rocks like unemployment, slow career velocity, or not living up to your potential. When you get to the lake at the bottom, it's beautiful, but too cold to swim in. Turns out to be the wrong goal in the first place. We turned around and hiked back up. We had a fun family canoe trip in the nearby campground down a river with a pretty strong current. Take a listen. Uh oh. You got it, girl. Right this was a perfect summary of our trip so far. Equal parts fun, terror, and tears. While driving through Oregon, we listened to a podcast about the pioneers who forged the Oregon Trail from the Midwest. Marcus and Narcissa Whitman were missionaries who traveled the trail on foot in March of 1836 for over 2,000 miles. We heard excerpts from Narcissa's diary during her epic trip. Learning about the history of a place really makes it come alive. Our blisters from our hour-long hike didn't seem so bad after we heard the Whitmans getting bit by rattlesnakes and forging rivers on their perilous journey. They left their comfortable lives because they believed so strongly in their mission to spread the gospel, also to seek riches in some far-off land. An excerpt from the diary that struck me. Dear Harriet, the little trunk you gave me has come with me so far, and now I must leave it here alone. Farewell, little trunk. I thank thee for thy faithful services, and that I have been cheered by thy presence for so long. The hills are so steep and rocky that husband thought it best to lighten the wagon as much as possible and take nothing but the wheels. It would have been better for me not to have attempted to bring any baggage whatsoever, only what was necessary to use on the way. The custom of the country is to possess nothing, and then you will lose nothing while traveling. Farewell for the present. When you're on a journey to a new place, sometimes the baggage from your old life weighs you down. I need to embark on this trip with a fresh perspective and empty carriage if I hope to get to a place I've never been. I leave you now with the sounds of the end of the Oregon Trail, climbing the sand dunes down to the majestic shores of the Pacific Ocean. Enjoy. <laughs>